Coming up in this episode, we have a special guest. We'll be chatting it up with world-famous custom bike builder and entrepreneur, all-around flashy dresser, Curly from Curly's Inc. So grab a beer and stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. Randy, have you noticed that the weather is just about perfect? I mean, usually it's really cold or snowy or something this time of the year. Yeah. So we got that La Nina or La whatever. I don't care what it is. It's, <laughs> it's great riding time, which means that a lot of people are riding their bikes more often than they might have during the typical winter season. And that means that making sure that their ride is serviced and ready to roll. Heartland Honda in Springdale, the first level five Honda powerhouse in Arkansas, can get your bike ready to roll. Their red level technicians are the best at what they do. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. So when you're ready for something new, check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. I want to tell you about a legal team whose members are both experienced motorcycle riders and aggressive trial lawyers. Law Tigers. Now, Law Tigers is not a law firm or a lawyer referral service. They are a national association of motorcycle accident injury lawyers who are ready to assist you with your accident claim. Each Law Tiger has their own law firm. They have a great website that can help you answer a lot of your questions too. So go to lawtigers.com and put their number in your phone. Doesn't matter where you are in the country, Law Tigers has got you covered. Law Tigers Motorcycle Lawyers, helping riders find answers. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. What up, Randy? What up, dude? We also have a special guest, Curly from Curly's Inc. They're the up man, there. the myth, the legend. The man, the myth, the legend. They're up there at Burns Harbor, Indiana, which is kind of like a real strong stone throw from Chicago. Yeah, where you freeze your ass off freaking 10 months Are you getting that year. lake effects, <laughs> Curly, right now? Uh, no, we haven't got much lake effects, but it is cold as hell, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. There you go. Well, we are awful excited to have you on here. We want to talk about what you're doing and where you're going and uh, what Curly's Inc. is. How'd you get started in motorcycles? Was it, is it a young age or did you come in into it late in society? Uh, no, I pretty much, when I was able to uh, ride a pedal bike, my dad bought me a dirt bike. So started in kindergarten, literally. He bought me, we have to rewind some time a little bit. Uh, it was a, a Yamaha 60. I think that was way before the YZ. It was just a 60, a little two-stroke ripper. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And I loved it, man. I used to have to stand on a milk crate and ride up and down the alley behind our house on the damn thing. So it kind of just all started with that. And then, you know, dirt bikes, bigger dirt bikes. My dad, he always had choppers. And he actually flat-tracked Harleys out of uh, Santa Fe Speedway in uh, Illinois. 
So it was kind of just like in my blood. You hear that, Craig? Yeah. Harleys. Uh, you know, we, we do this quite a bit, and I've never heard anyone saying, hey, I flat-tracked a victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to put too fine a point on it, but how about you uh, my ass? Uh, How'd that be? Boy, <laughs> the thought of that pretty bad. <laughs> no, no shit. I'm sitting here with the Mona Lisa of old fat men. <laughs> yeah, God. What's going on down there? Maybe, maybe I went too far. All right, all right. Back, back on track. Back on track. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you when did you start first customizing motorcycles? Well, absolutely. Motorcycles probably when I was around 17 years old. But everything I ever owned that I had prior, I always messed with. <laughs> yeah, stock fucking sucks. mopeds, which you know, I really don't want to, you know, say I was a moped customizer, but <laughs> let's but face you were. it, we all had one. <laughs> wow. Got your little fedora on, tricking out Vespas. Yeah, you know, what you what know was your mopeds? <laughs> exactly. What was your very first true custom build? Do you remember what it was? Oh shit! Let's see. Well, define true custom build in your eyes. Well, the the one that you uh, were doing purpose built. I mean, it was you weren't just monkeying around with a moped or something, but so that would have been in two thousand nine, going into ten. It would have been the first like big wheel bagger, I would say, because I did a bagger with a twenty one, about two thousand six, two thousand seven. But like in you know late nine into ten is when I did the first purpose built big wheel bike for us. You know, other than monkeying around making bobbers and choppers out of shit you know right right where's that bike now uh well it resides in wichita kansas right now uh, a very turned out to be an extremely good friend of mine uh has it um sadly i do believe it is no longer um his son had gotten a really horrible motorcycle accident on it this past summer oh, that's so, unfortunate yeah so uh i think that it's still sitting down there and and i just don't know at this moment to be honest with you <laughs> yeah yeah we get that that sucks you never never like hearing shit like that no 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 so it's been a touchy subject so i haven't really pursued anymore with that so i'm kind of more I like the big wheelbagger scene. I just like dudes in the industry right now. And man, you've seen tremendous growth in the past couple of years, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, really, decade. I mean, if you really want to say it, it's been a decade. And first of all, you know, I love all motorcycles. You know, the, the bagger craze is not what really got me into it. You know, it was just, I love like anything custom. I'm not a big metric guy at all, but I can appreciate the old KZ stretched out. You know, you can hear them things a mile away. Damn. You know, that's a KZ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sounds like <laughs> my kind of dude. That's the same way that we are. Yeah. I think we say this shit ton of times on the show. It's like, I don't care what you're riding, man. Just get out there and ride. If it's what you love, it's all about what you like. Yeah. And it's like, I fucking hate when someone says, oh, you guys are the big wheel guys. You know, that's all you got. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Cause I'm like, dude, listen, man, my very first 18 years old, I had a 1990 Springer soft tail. I still have it. And it's hanging from the Raptors in my showroom at my shop. Yeah. You know, I'm a sucker for a Springer. However, any good businessman, you follow a trend, you get on it, and then when it's done, you jump on the next one. Yeah. And the biggest downfall for these chopper people, which I've done choppers and bobbers, is they just stuck with that. And they fucking knocked on all of us for doing it, and 90% <laughs> of them are busted. Yeah, broke. Thing is, is a big wheel bag is the same as a chopper. You're cutting and altering the frame. You're doing what's stylish. You're doing what's cool. Just because it's got a large wheel on it doesn't mean it's not really. I mean, it's it's pretty chopper esque in my opinion. 
Well, you know, years ago, this is what you say. You know, it's everything you want in a chopper with the reliability and the resale of a Harley. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who likes those special construction titles, you know? Well, they're hard they're hard for everything, insurance and the yeah. whole nine yards. So you you're kind of venturing, I wouldn't say now venturing, but you've come out with a shit ton of in fairing audio setups for these things, correct? Yes, sir. And that's taken off like wildfire, I would assume. Right yes, now. Sir. I mean audio's like I mean it's it's as big as anything in the motorcycle industry as far as you know, baggers and even, even the other guys wanting to do metric shit or, you know, small audio, like audio is what everybody is kind of venturing around currently. Would you say? Oh yeah. I mean, audio is just no matter what part of life you're in. I mean, music hits people, whether you're in a car, on a bike, on a boat, running, jogging, whatever it is you do, think about it. Music's a huge part of this world and people's daily lives. You know, it. however they find, you know, serenity right so why don't you hit on that just real quick tell me what you're offering so we offer brackets for road glides and street glides and you know different setups to run different size amps and we're i'm constantly changing them the biggest thing is we've offered them now to hold eight inch speakers inside road glide and street glide models basically oem fitment with uh very minimal mods like pretty much almost nothing so it looks completely factory from the outside with everything you need on the inside which is nuts won't you tell everybody what a factory harley speaker size is uh well they used to be five and a quarter and even smaller way back <laughs> when but now they're six and a half <laughs> isn't that stupid five and a quarter to an eight inch speaker get the hell out of here man and the, you know the biggest reason that i did that well my background is you know being in the armpit of america up here <laughs> 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 on the tip of lake michigan I, I worked at u.s steel for almost 13 years and then prior to that another company doing you know uh mill right and pipe fitting work in a refinery so my background is fabrication i'm certified welder and so i love to create things i mean there's nothing more fulfilling to me other than taking plates of steel and making something that's awesome Hell yeah. <laughs> we talk about that all the time when you could take nothing and make it into something dude that's a that's a day's worth of work that's awesome I'd yeah rather do that than and count numbers and wear a fucking tie. Yeah. Ugh, that fucking tie. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the, you, you sell a lot of kits like the flared fenders and stretch bags and things like that. Did you say flare fender? Are we talking about truck? <laughs> you got to excuse my geriatric friend here. <laughs> Let, let's establish one thing right now. <laughs> Down and out. I'm old. So, you know, what I may call something. He's not always lucid either. So yeah, <laughs> his is a cocktail. cognitive decline, and mine's just Miller Light and whiskey. <laughs> That's hey, it. Man, I like those <laughs> Stre- stretched. Well, they do kind of flare out in the back. They flip a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Sure. No, Craig's right. I mean, like the down and out bagger kits and stuff, where they're way down and way back. Both of you are going on the list. I'm marking sure. you down on the list, sure. putting you in the book. I'll put Shit you list. on the list of people I'm on a list with. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now what do you say? You sell a lot of those bagger kits, you know, the extended side covers, extended bags, rear fender. You got that dope ass road glide fairing that tucks way over the tire. Yeah. So what were you getting at with that? Well, I thought we've established that I'm, <laughs> that, that I'm senile. Therefore, I, what were we talking about? Shit, I don't know. I don't know. Fender flares. Fender, fender yeah, fender flares. flares. <laughs> <laughs> Got that four by four truck out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is going south. 
<laughs> just just shush, 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 shush. we're just taking it so far south that it's going to be 90 degrees <laughs> i know yeah yeah so let me ask you this you got a hard ass day at the shop because i mean don't fool anybody you got those days where everything just pisses you off you're in a just a bad mental state what's your go-to ride Man, honestly, my performance bagger I built probably hands down is is one of my favorites that I've ever personally built myself from a just get on and beat the shit out of it type bike. Yeah, I love that bike. What's your route up there? Where do you go? Do you go out in the country? Do you beat the city blocks up? Burnouts, wheelies, donuts, things, or what? Oh, yeah, we, I do all those a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, dude, I mean, you guys ride. You know how it is. When you need to clear your head, you just fucking get on it. And you're just, as you're going, you figure it out. You know what I mean? I personally tend to, I pull out of my shop. I go left, which takes me straight downtown Gary. And then I just go in the deep depths of Gary and way down and then it takes me out south into the country and then I just do this big giant square you know what I mean so heck yeah that's kind of where I go <laughs> so here's something I I'm super fascinated with I believe Craig is too you are a hamsters dude aren't you yes sir delve us into the hamsters a little bit what got you into it how do you get in what's what's the premise behind them where do we sign up yeah. <laughs> Are they looking for low lives? <laughs> well, Backwoods, <I'm> <laughs> hillbilly country boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's from nowhere. You know, uh, really, you can kind of do some research online and find out a lot more. I'll give you just a quick rundown. The, the biggest thing for me, and this is for me, is our founding fathers of what we consider custom motorcycles is, is really who founded this. And to be a part of it, to me, is just so it's it's just an honor you know what i mean and not everybody builder wise or whatever can be a part of it or you know is willing to be a part of it whether it's how they present themselves or or you know whatever so once you start hanging around some of them and and, and get what they do we're re- we are really big in the charity i mean people don't realize that there's a lot of rumors going around of it's some of the rumors would blow your mind it crack it cracks you up but what we do for charity is just just so awesome i think last year in a three or four hour dinner that we did in sturges we raised almost four hundred thousand five hundred thousand in four hours dang and it all goes straight to the kids Um, that's awesome yeah it is yeah it's called lifescape in, in south dakota and everything is made directly out to them right there it's just the people that are in it is it's just yeah you hear me i'm bumbling for words because it's really hard to answer just in a few minutes but it started with Donnie Smith, Perowitz, Arlen Ness, all them way back when building bikes were, you know, what they were back in the 70s. Well, they all, you know, when they met in Daytona and all the rallies and it, it was all them together. It didn't matter what part of the country from who built a better bike than the other, who should, you know, it was just guys that loved bikes because they didn't have all the bullshit social media and the, and and everything else and so when they would meet they would just party and hang out and be just like we're doing now shooting shit telling stories looking at each other's bikes sharing ideas well i guess they were really drunk one night in 1978 and they collided in a hotel room and then they crawled to the room and dave perowitz's wife said you guys look like a bunch of hamsters crawling around your room so that night she (laughs) drew it's funny she drew our logo on paper plates and taped them to their uh hotel doors that's rad. That's cool. That's rad. Yeah, I dig shit like that. 
through the rest is history. <laughs> you know, that's something we always talk about on here is that, you know, there's honestly, there's no better community than the motorcycle community. It's one of the only places that, you know, you could be a 1% clubber or you could be just a freaking Joe Schmo. You're broke down on the side of the road. One or the other is going to stop and be like, hey, you know, you need something. Yep. You need some help. Like there is no balance to what a true motorcyclist dude will do for another motorcycle. But you're right, though. I mean, it don't matter with all the the other chaos going on in this world and, and the bullshit. When you get to the bike functions, it seems like that stuff don't exist. You know, yeah. no matter where you're from, what part of the world, what color you are, everybody treats everyone as a brother. And you're right. It don't matter. It's crazy. You're broke on the side of the road. Someone stops and help you. They don't think twice because it's just different yeah it, it really is and it's such an amazing feeling to be a part of the community and been riding for forever so absolutely it, it's completely awesome to know that you know no matter what there's somebody somewhere that i mean they're willing to help and, and do something like i don't know how many times i see cars broke down on the side of the road and everybody's flipping them off yep. hauling ass around them it's like dude just fuck chill out you know, yeah, you, no got a, shit. you got a bike broke down and if there's a group shit, that group will shut down a lane to make sure that you're safe to fix your ride on the side of a road. So, yeah. Well, just think about like people, how they stereotype and judge bikers. And, yeah. and as you look at the biker community whole, no matter if you're 1%, whatever you are, you guys, everyone see, they do, everyone does things for everyone, whether it's Christmas for kids getting bullied for, I mean, it's not just one thing. It's yeah. these people that stereotype us don't realize that we're probably the most giving people more than any in, in the country, period. I don't oh, give a I shit. think that's right because like, well, Randy and I are pretty friendly with uh, some uh, bike groups, uh, both family groups and one percenters. And, and to, a, to a person, they are the people that will drop everything to help you. Yeah, they'll give you the shirt off your back, especially, when you, you know, you really hit on it. And it, it is one of those things that like, and I don't know what it is, but the motorcycle community always resolves around kids, you know, as far as charity work. You know, obviously there's wounded warriors, there's things like that. There's a lot of groups that help out, you know, adult people. But, you yep. know, every time we do a charity, there's a toy run, there's a raise, you know, raise funds for this ailing kid. There's BACA, you know, against child abuse and stuff. Yep. It's really the essence of, you know, honestly, where our country should be is. It's yeah. instead of yeah. putting these kids to the side and, you know, instead of treating them like a piece of inventory, you know, they treat them like human beings. And that's what I love about the motorcycle community. Yep. One of the things I want to kind of little shift gears here a little bit. One of the things that you're known for is really radical custom paint work. Now, do you do that yourself? Or do you have a guy? How did you get involved in, you know, the custom paint world? Because I've seen some of your work and it is, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's rad. That's for sure. Well, you know, thank you, first and foremost. Um, you know, one thing about me versus, you know, there's a lot of other shops, but I started and I can do everything start to finish. You know, I mean, I started out in my garage, so I painted all my own bikes. I build them all. I weld everything up. I build all the motors. I wire them. I do everything but the seat. And I wish, Lord, that I would know how to do that because there's money in that. <laughs> yes. There's a shit ton of money in seats right now. Yes, yes. So, you know, over the years, as I, you know, started my journey here, I ended up, you know, you hire, you always hire better, you know? So I was very lucky to find uh, a young kid that is very talented. Um, unfortunately, he is no longer with me. He decided to um, be a family man 
and um, be, you know, stay at home and raise his daughter. And you can't really blame him selfishly. I'm like, meh, but you You're know, killing you would, I, <laughs> yeah, I wish him and his wife the best. They're great people. They got a beautiful little daughter and uh, you know, it sucks for me. However, you know, the search is on Yeah. over the years. I've had a couple other well-known painters paint some things for us. Like Kyle from execution style paint. He's a badass out of Jersey. God, he's um, doing a shit ton right now. Yeah, me. he's done probably three or four of the panel, crazy panel ones we've done, you know, because customers come in and, and if they want, hey, I want Kyle's paint job. Well, all right, no no worries. We'll send them there. That's not a big deal. I'm, I'm here to serve you and give you, you know, the best end result that, that you're wanting, you know. Man, I got to I gotta just say something here right now. Really? Yeah. You have to? Hats off to you, dude, because I've talked to a lot of a bike shop dudes, a lot of builders and there it is getting so few and far between where they're like i don't give a fuck i'll do whatever it takes to make you happy with what you're spending your money on mm -hmm. you know i talk to a lot of them they're like i don't give a shit what he wants i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want it's my bike and i'm like no dude it's no not yeah bike. it is not yours it is this other guy's you know this is you're doing it for him so dude big ups to you for having that mindset of just a gritty grinding ass hardworking dude that knows what it takes to make money and so when someone's willing to spend a shit ton of money on a bike from you they're going to get exactly what they want yeah and you know what dude and i and 100 man i don't do this shit for the money i grew up fucking poor i started this with nothing in a, in a fucking garage so you know i've had you know some employees that are no longer with us thank you for that uh <laughs> um that you know they'd be working on a bike saying oh this is fucking gay i hate this shit you know this this guy you know i can't believe and i'm like i walk by and i'm like dude it's not your bike the dude is paying a premium for what we offer i don't give a fuck if he wants dicks all over the damn thing we're gonna give him the best looking dick you hear that randy seen. there's a place for you <laughs> you know what I mean? yes it's, it's yes like, and it's and, you know, to me, those employees that are no longer with me, the few that I've had over the years, they're not the right fit because they're not doing it for the right reasons. I'm passionate about what I do. I, I It don't matter. I love it. I do it because I love it. And I love seeing the customer's face and happiness that, you know, if they drive away and I don't get that look or that feeling that I did my job, dude, I'm defeated feeling like, you know, yeah. it's. Even though it's not about the fucking money, you know, I'm, I'm not rich by any means. I pour everything I make back into my company to grow it. But it's that inner fulfilling of when that dude drives away, it's like, you know, wow, I did it. It's, it's not about the money. Yeah. Never has been. Yeah. Even if it were like just having that mindset, if it was about the money, you send a guy away that's not happy, didn't get what he want. Who the fuck's he going to tell anything positive to? Nobody. Yeah. If he goes away with badass looking ding dongs on his bike and says, yeah, I love these dicks, you know, like he's going to tell everybody in the world yeah. about how yeah. great it was. And then yeah. what's that going to do? It's going to bring more people in. So, you know, that saying just came so natural to you. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, you know, over the years you do that and then you learn, you know, we all learn because, you know, when you deal with the public, there's interesting people out there oh, man, and, and you just. You know, I've been doing this for professionally for, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13, going on 14 years now. So I gave up a really great job to do this full time. I, I quit my job at U.S. Steel, which I was a union millwright. I made really good money with full benefits, and I just walked out on that. <laughs> yeah, and, get rid of that you retirement know, job. But you got to follow your heart. Yeah, you know what? And, and there's, trust me, there's days, man, that you're like, God, it'd be just to have great health care and punch a clock, you know? 
I don't know how a lot of other shops do it, but I work my balls off, man. Hands down. You can ask anyone that knows me, my wife, my family. I gave up my entire personal life, you know, and that's facts. But yeah. you only get out what you put in. So I'm I'm hoping very soon as I keep trying to expand with the parts manufacturing side and and we just picked up two CNCs, so we're gonna start getting in the you know the billet parts and stuff like that. So mm, just don't bring the nineties back with that. No, dude. <laughs> just don't no. bring the nineties back with that no. billet shit. So no, no, not like that stuff. <laughs> no, just, you know, being able to make everything, you know, really the longevity of what I've always said. Because this journey, people have said, "Man, you're crazy. I can't believe you're quitting your job." Oh my God, you're building this new shop. You're crazy. How are you gonna do it? Well. Let's just face it. I'm not here to hurt no one's feelings. 95% of the shops farm most of their shit out. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I really liked about your shop is you can bring your bike in with an idea or with a plan. Uh, you sit down, work it out, and the guy can pick his bike or you, you, know, you do custom hot rods too. But you can pick up your project all in one shop. Yeah. One stop shop. You don't have to worry about, you know, well, when's this, when's the guy, your subcontractor going to finish this part yeah. or that part? And that's pretty cool. And you know what? I understand where not everyone has the talents or the me is I've never been perfect at everything. You just, after you fuck up enough, you either you get it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I yeah. taught yeah. my, dude, I built a little small paint booth in my garage a long time ago and I self taught everything. I have. I've, I've self-taught. You know, I didn't make it. I hate to say this on a, on a fucking podcast, but I didn't make it past the ninth grade. I lost my dad when I was 13. And, you know, everyone has a story. And, and my dad was my dude, man. He taught me everything I knew. I was rebuilding small block Chevys at 12 years old with him. Yeah. You know, so. That's to give you a good foundation. That's it, it, Yeah. And it, and it really put me on a downward spiral and thank God I recovered from that and got out of that part of my life. And, you know, I met a, my beautiful wife, Lisa, at, at 16, 17 years old. We got married at 18 and we're still together today. That's, That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad that you said a small block Chevy and don't fuck around with that Ford stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, who puts you know, the who, in the front of the motor? This? Come on. <laughs> Did you, yeah. did you guys talk prior and this is going to beat up on me day? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, so where do you see the future, not only with your shop, but with motorcycles? I mean, you're, you, nobody has a crystal ball soothsayer, but. Well, I don't know if anyone can give you, you know, it depends who you ask. It's you know, all a crapshoot. Yeah. But you know, I don't put all my eggs in one basket, like for, I don't know, two years, three years, maybe now people saying big wheel baggers are dead. And I'm just like, where? Yeah. Because I don't know. know. We still ride them. I mean, look at all the big wheel I mean, shops popping up. I think that that's, there's a specific crowd that wants them to be dead. And I don't even understand why, because enthusiasts are enthusiasts. You know, the guy that has a big wheel, he's still going to build the shit out of his motor. I mean, we do big horsepower turbo, big wheel bike, you know? So, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of people hate the audio stuff. I don't travel and do all the audio shows. I make parts for them, but it's just more ways of people to spend at your shop. So why would you hate on that? You know what I'm saying? So right. I, performance baggers, or I don't think they'll ever be what the big wheel bagger will be from a, I guess, money-making perspective, I guess, but from a rideability, they're fun. So yeah. let's be honest. You know, most guys, when they get into a big wheel, they want it for the looks, for the flash. Yeah, Performance yeah. baggers just aren't quite that. But yeah, and, and you're right. But they are rideable for a guy like me that grew up racing dirt bikes and all that shit. 
to get on one and, and like get back to the roots of why you do what you do and hell yeah the man shit out a, of it it's a blast man. i mean you got a geezer glide that makes 180 horsepower <laughs> i mean you <laughs> yeah. ride to comfort and ripping tires what what's better than that man so here's one thing i do want to ask you okay so I'm a nostalgic guy. I freaking love 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. Craig, you know, that's when he was about, what, 40 years old back then? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what if you had one motorcycle right now that you were like, that's I'm going to buy that. That's what I want. What would it be the, to, to purchase or I own? Yeah. For your, for your own yeah. purpose. Yeah, just what's that one bike that's always been in the back of your mind where you're like, frick, if I could ever get a chance to get this bike, I'm going to Well, you know, we all have that list, right? Yeah. And this is, what's you know, the top have, of your list? You're going to probably make fun of me. Well, that's what we do. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> great. Honestly, I want a fucking bad boy Springer. no way (laughs) yeah because that bike the uh, the bad boy was what really made me fall i mean i fell in love with harleys as a kid but like as i was old enough to to be able to start thinking about buying a harley that bike is what did it for me and i could at the time i couldn't afford buying that one so i had to buy a a 90 at the time (laughs) 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 which there's nothing wrong with it man and if you've seen it i swear to god I mean, you'd think Brett Michaels owned it. It's that crazy purple, yeah. orange, yellow. Jeez. But that was rad in the 90s. So I'm not bringing the 90s back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good luck to that with your freaking for, for you, Randy, what would you ride? Shirts. Shit, if it were me, what I would ride? Man, I'm so torn. Oh, that's such a tough question. I can't believe I put him on the spot like that. Yeah, because, dude, I'm like, I want to rip my knucklehead down and ride it. Yeah, you know? I, want, oh. I just want one of everything. That's no big deal. That's where really, that's exactly. So, Today, the bike that I would probably say, yeah, this is what I want. Gosh, a freaking Servi car. Ooh, I almost bought one. A Servi car with a big inch motor on it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, today it's a Servi car. Yeah. Tomorrow might be different. I'd like to have a bike that I used to own, which was a uh, Kawasaki 750 triple. There's something about the sound of a two-cycle engine that just gets me excited. Yeah. Don't say that too loud. You'll have environmentalists all over you. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. a, that's a dangerous bike. Speaking of triples, did you guys see that fucking fueling motor they got? Yes, I have seen that. I have not. Uh, it's they got nasty. a triple twin cam. Did yeah. you see the price tag on that thing? <laughs> I did not see that. Oh, oh my God! You can get online and look at that thing. New shop. Take a take before <laughs> before you look it up. Take a wild guess, and it only makes I don't know 160, 170 horse. I think That's I read. It? That's it. I would say it's more like one hundred five. One hundred even. One hundred even. Shut the door. Yeah. I I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh Shit. my God. Let's put it's a big rotary in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's cool, and this is where my mind goes. It's like, all right. Would I want that? Would I buy that? Probably not. But no, the engineering wouldn't. of doing that, dude, that's freaking rad. Well, I, you gotta understand that the price tag on it is because of R and D. You're doing ones <laughs> off stuff. You know what I mean? You're you know them. You go online and look at that on their site. I mean, there's a lot of machine time, and like you said, the engineering on that is. Yeah. I don't know who would buy that. I'm trying to think of it. You know, because I have. Uh, customers that really don't care what they spend but i just don't know if i don't know maybe it's one of those i got one and you don't think yeah, so I don't yeah know. my dick's bigger than yours or my wallet's yeah, bigger or than yours. A guy that wants to just have it in his collection remember yeah. the super v's 
Yes, I do. I doubt. Yeah. Small yeah. block Chevy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of that. People are spending money on motorcycles in, in that pleasure stuff right now. People are spending money on, on stuff that makes them happy. So, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, Curly, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. And we indeed know that it is busy. So it's appreciated. If you want to know more about Curly, you can always look him up at his website. It's Curly's Inc. I-N-C. You can spell that even, Randy. Dot com. <laughs> Just because you told me how. <laughs> Find him on Instagram and Facebook. He's up there at Burns Harbor and uh, just outside of Gary, Indiana. Curly, we appreciate you showing up. We appreciate you spending a little time with us. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on the show and, and we got to do it again. You bet. Appreciate it. Oh, February 8th, we're going to be at a uh, bike show in Sedalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. That's also, it's actually on Ozark Rides events calendar. You can check it out and uh, we'll be up there. We hope you'd come out and, uh, you know, throw spitballs at us or bring us beer. You know, we're, yes, we're either one. Yeah. So that's a really cool event because it's a show and a swap meet and it's indoor, I believe. And it's put on by Jaegers, Harley yeah. Davidson. And they're Sedalia. letting us go in the door. Crazy. And we'll be up there with the good folks of Law Tigers. They are a fantastic uh, sponsor and partner. Anyways, uh, until next time, be sure to stop by OzarkRides.com. You can check out past episodes of this podcast. Plus, check out our favorite rides and any other thing that you might want to know about the Ozarks and motorcycles. We try to have it all there. So until next time, stay safe, keep riding, and always stay on two wheels.